morning, turn to the book of Hebrews real quick. You may look at this passage of scripture that we're fixing to get back to in the book of Acts and say, well, you just preached that. Well, even if I preached it last Sunday, that's what God's going to give us again this morning. Uh, this is not what I intended to do today. I had a, another sermon, but the Lord has placed this on me. And I believe Satan through the last couple of days has done everything he can stop me from being able to prepare what I've already I've got prepared now to preach to you. If you would, look with me there in the book of Hebrews. We're going to be uh, there in chapter 11, and I want us to read about a man named Moses. I want us to see something uh, in this passage of Scripture here this morning. In Hebrews chapter 11, we'll be there in verse 24. Then we're going to go to the book of Exodus. We're going to look at how this all plays out with this man named Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had no uh, respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, he, Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, as seeing him who is invisible. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and Lord, as we sing these praises to you, Lord, we welcome you into our midst this morning. Lord, I pray that you move through God the Holy Spirit in my life, Lord, and I know that it takes something of me. So, Lord, I confess this morning that I've already sinned against you, that I haven't recognized you in all that you should have been recognized in, that I haven't looked to you for all things, that the thoughts of my mind were not all godly as they should be. I stand before you humble this morning as your spokesman, as your preacher. I thank you for the privilege and the honor that I'm not worthy of, but yet I'm called to do by you, to stand behind your pulpit this morning in front of your people and deliver your word. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Satan be barred from this place, that he have no rule, that he have no room to move your presence filling completely up. I pray this morning that you would hide me as that song, that you would hide me in the cleft of the rock, that you would stand before me, that you would protect me as only you can. And Lord, I'd be all that you desire me to be, that I would be effortless this morning, that you take control. Bless me as I speak your word this morning. In Jesus Christ's name, I ask it. I'm going to tell you this morning as we were singing those songs, I, I got to thinking about it. I'm going to tell you something I'm very proud of this morning. I am redeemed. Now, I'm going to tell you, all I'd done in that was this. All I'd done was come to a place in my life that I knew I needed to be redeemed. 
And once that came upon me and I knew that I was a sinner, I started seeking a Savior and praise God he had already been looking for me. And I met Christ in a trailer house at about 10.30 one night when I was 9 to 10 years old. And when I cried out for that redeeming, praise God, Jesus showed up and redeemed me. Because I had faith that I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that the wages of sin were death. I knew there was no way that what I am could ever stand in the presence of a precious, perfect, holy God. But I knew there was a heaven for me. And I cried out, I am a sinner. This morning, because of that fact, nothing that I've done except by faith saying that I know how to get it right. By faith, Jesus Christ has bestowed God's grace upon me, and I am forgiveness. But now I know that God doesn't need Gary Carter. God didn't this morning as I woke up say, boy, I'm glad Gary went ahead and got up. First thing, she's going to have to get carried out today by him. I couldn't do it without him. That's not what happened. No, I woke up this morning and as I talked to my Lord, he was happy that I come to him and he did set forth things for me to do today. Not because he needs me, but because he loves me. He wants me to serve him because that's what's best. And what a debt I owe. I would not think that something like me, a sinner, this sinful flesh in which I live, would not owe a great debt unto a God that would redeem me with all of Christ when he gave all for me. I would not be so proudful to think that, well, you know what, I'm probably going to get that debt paid off pretty quick. No, it's a debt I can't repay, but it is a debt that I'm to work to repay. It'll take everything of me never to, uh, to reach the goal of paying for that debt. But that's what God expects of me because he loves me and he wants what's best for me. And as we look at this story, and I thought of this, uh, what Moses faced. And as we read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 27, we see something about Moses in this passage of Scripture. I think Moses had something in his heart to say, you know what? I owe a debt I can't repay, so therefore I'm just going to try my hardest. I'm going to do all that I can to be what God would have me to be, that he'd be pleased with me. And I see something in Moses. And I see something in Moses that's for all of us this morning. And it's this. Moses said, as God's people are to say at Calvary today, I will not doesn't matter what happens, I will not compromise. In this passage that we just read, Egypt is a representation of sin. It's a representation of living in sin, and Pharaoh is a representation of Satan. And it says in that passage that he, he willed in his heart, he esteemed in his heart, I will not live in sin. I will not be able to be called a a daughter, a son of the daughter of sin, Satan. I will not. I will not take of the treasures that Egypt lays before me. No, 
I will not look into the pleasures of all this world and think that's all that there is to life. I'm going to go further than that. You see, Moses had an eternal vision here. And when he got to thinking of eternal, he contemplated in his heart, I will not compromise on it. If you would turn with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 8. I want to give us a little background to what's going on here. Moses has came back. God has set Moses in place by the, and he's going to use Aaron to help Moses. And they're approaching Pharaoh about turning loose God's people, the Israelites. And Pharaoh plays with the idea and he toys around with God and he reaps great judgment and great wrath that God brings upon his nation with plague after plague after plague. And you've got to remember something in this. Moses was also in Egypt at this time. So whatever was befalling upon Egypt was also befalling upon God's people. But you know something happened though. What Moses' difference was than he and Pharaoh was is that Moses said, I will forsake sin. Whatever's going on around me, whatever punishment is upon this nation, I will take it, but I will not. I will not live in the sin of it. I'm going to forsake it. I'm going to tell you that's what we need to do this morning. I can't speak for all of America, although I'm an American. But I can speak for this congregation in which God's placed me as under-shepherd of. Today, Calvary Baptist Church, we need to forsake sin. Forsake it. How many times have you heard this statement? We're going to wage war on something. Blank. You heard that before? America jumps up real quick. We're going to wage war on drugs. Well, I'm going to tell you what. We hear that statement made, we're going to wage war on drugs, but I'm going to tell you, I don't see that we're winning it. And I've not heard anyone stand up and say, boy, we've just about defeated this thing. We've thrown billions of dollars out. We've just about defeated it. Never heard that. Boy, the world's answer to something is this. We're going to wage war on drugs. And what we're going to do is, is we're going to throw billions of dollars at it. And we'll abolish it. No, you won't. You know what needs to happen today? We can say, well, let's wage war on drugs. Well, let me tell you what. Let's do this, church. Why don't we cry out to a holy God and say, Lord, we're going to wage war on sin. And we're not going to throw billions of dollars at it. No, we're just going to put you in the forefront and lead us through the battle. We're going to let you take the ground. We hear we're going to wage war on poverty. Today, what's needed, and I know that there are people today that are destitute. I know there are people that are hurting. But I'm going to tell you the answer is not war on poverty. It's to be a war on sin needs to be conquered today. We hear we're going to wage war on cancer. Well, I tell you this, the wages of sin is death. The, uh, it's appointed once for man to die. There does not need to be a war on cancer. There needs to be a war on sin today. We don't need a war on racism. We need a war on 
sin. We don't need a war on COVID. We just need a war on sin in God's people. A war against sin. No one is coming out of our high schools. Neither one of them. Monticello or Drew Central. No one's coming out of our university today. Out of these classrooms and saying, you know what? My professor, my teacher is standing there as we're studying what's going on in the world. And they gave me the answer to it. They're not coming out of there and saying, we've got the answer to these problems. What's causing all these problems is sin. They're not saying that out of classrooms, are they? I've yet to hear of one scientist come from a laboratory and say, you know what, I finally got it all figured out. I know what is destroying mankind from the inside and taking life after taking life. I've not heard one politician yet stand up and say, I know what's wrong in America today. Everybody has their own opinion. Well, I can tell you what's destroying America today. Sin is destroying America. It is only from God's word that the problem is being addressed. And I fear today that a lot of times it's not being addressed out of the pulpits. Then I fear a lot today as we get out of church and we take our Bible and we put it on the dash and the only reason we pick it up is because it gets about 70 degrees and the front page is rolling up on it. It's the only time we touch it before we get back on next Sunday. The only place that is a addressing the issues that are taking place within our country, that are taking uh, uh, place within our homes, is the Word of God. We see today, I heard an advertisement, had to be the stupidest thing i ever seen in my life. Granted, I'm not real smart. But it said if you're having problems raising your children, there's a helpline you can call and tell you how many hours they're to spend on a computer and how many hours they're to spend looking at a TV. Let me tell you something. If you're waiting on some organization to raise your child, you should have never had any. What you need to do is get in God's Word and find out how to raise the child. That's what's needed today. Not a help site to call a 1-800 number. And we relinquish the only place that answers the sin problem. So this morning, I want us to look and see the tactics that Satan used. And we're going to see these tactics as he carries them out here. The book of Exodus and the time of Moses when the Israelites were in great bondage. We're going to look at his tactics and the same tactics that he uses today. But yet, Moses said in his heart, I going to compromise. Look there with me. Verse 25. Chapter 8. Verse 25. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your gods in the land. Now you remember the cry was, that what was the cry of Moses? He said, Pharaoh, let God's people go. Now here comes Pharaoh. 
representation of what Satan does. And he says, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He didn't say, I'm not going to let you go. What he actually said was, is, i tell you what. I'm just going to let you worship the way that you want to in this land. You can do anything that you want. Boy, you can dress up in your Sunday's best. You can go to church. Y'all can sing songs. Y'all can all put a smile on your face. You can do all these things. You can go to Sunday school and you can look good. You can have your big Bible under your arm. But you're going to have to do it here. Satan was actually saying in this, Just stay in sin and worship however you want, but you're going to have to stay in sin to do it. I wondered this morning if there were a machine designed, a godly machine designed that when you come through the doors as you do in airports to check in these metal detectors, and that machine could actually look at the soul of everyone sitting here this morning. wonder what it would detect this morning. Satan says, I tell you what, Gary, man, you can stand up there and you can open God's word and serve him. That's what they pay you to do. You can open that up and you can read a scripture here and boy, you can preach on that. But I tell you what, you're going to need to live in sin all through the week. Just live in sin all week, but I'll let you worship on Sunday however you want. You see, Moses wouldn't compromise on this, though. And Satan come at him. Moses wouldn't uh, compromise on that. As Satan is attacking our churches today, Moses wouldn't compromise, and neither should we. There should be a desire in God's people's heart that we've already worshipped before we ever made it to church. There should be a heart that's preparing to worship a mighty God for all that he's done all week and prepare us to go out and receive victory through the upcoming week. No, we don't want to go that far with it, Lord. People are going to think we're radical. I'm going to tell you, today, America needs a little radicalness. Uh, to be radical. God's people need to be a little radical today on the way we believe and quit looking like everybody else out there. Are we not to look different? I believe every one of us would say, well, yeah. You don't have to know much Bible to figure out that if you're redeemed, there's going to be fruits of it. Oh, we're seeing too few fruits, aren't we? Well, then maybe a lot of us need to go back and check our salvation, make sure we're on the fruit tree, that we're attached to the right root. You see, Moses said, I'm not going to compromise. That's what he's telling you here. Satan's saying, well, I tell you what, we're going to let you worship however you want to. Man, you're free to worship however you want to, but you live in sin. You're going to stay here to do it. And Moses said, no, I'm not going to do that. Boy, it angered Pharaoh, but then we see another tactic that he come at him with. Same one Satan used against us. Look there in verse 28 of chapter 8. And he's going to tell him here, well, I tell you what, since you don't want to just worship here, and stay in sin, I, I, I'm going to compromise with you here. Since you won't compromise with me, I'm going to help you out. Look what Pharaoh says in verse 28. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go. Now listen. That you may sacrifice to the Lord your God 
in the wilderness. Now listen to what it says here. Only ye shall not go very far. Entreat the Lord. Oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Pharaoh's saying, okay, since you wouldn't compromise and live in sin here, I'll tell you what I'm going to let you do. I'm going to let you go out to the wilderness just a little bit outside the suburb. And you can live in that suburb of sin. And I believe this is the biggest problem in our church today. You're going to go out just a little ways out in it. That way when you come to church on Sundays, you still look like a Christian. But when you're at work on Monday, you're going to look like the world. You just live in that suburbs of sin. What you do is just ride the fence. Really, what you are, boy, this is an ugly word that's used in here. What you are is just lukewarm. And God says, I want to spew you out of my mouth. Well, let me break that down. He wants to vomit you out. Well, you know what? I'm not going to have to take a stand here because I'll ride the fence on this side. I'll never, it'll never cost me nothing because I'm just going to straddle the line. And whatever flows, I'm going to be like a martyr bird in life. You ever watch the Martin High Flies darts, right? That's the way I'm going to live my life as this lukewarm Christian. I'm just going to float to whatever side's buttering my bread at the time. I'll never make a stand over here and I won't make a stand over here. I'm going to live right in none of them suburbs of sin. And that way I'll just always slide under the radar no one will ever know it. Well let me tell you what that life will get you in. You will never have joy in your salvation because you're living too much like the world and you'll never have any joy in the world because you've been redeemed. That's what will happen to you. Because you just live in the suburbs of sin. But you know what Moses said in this? Brother Charles, you know what he said? He said, no, no, that ain't going to happen either. That's not what's going to happen. We're not going to do that either. We're not going to live in the suburbs of sin. We're fixing to leave here. happens here. Let's turn over to chapter 10 of the book of Exodus. Look in there with me in verse 8. Boy, I'm going to show you a sneak attack here right here. It's hard to see here, but you'll, we'll pick it up in our last point about the flocks and all, but you'll see this. Look there in chapter 10, verse 8. I want you to see what Pharaoh does here. And Pharaoh's servant, or excuse me, in verse 8, and Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh and said to them, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? Uh-oh, see, he's fixing to make them inquire for that. He's fixing to say, well, I'm going to let you go, but wait a minute. Who all do you think you'll carry with you? And look what Moses said. And Moses said, with our old and with our young, and with our old, with our sons, and with our daughters, uh, with our flocks, and with our herds will we go. For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, let, uh, let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go. But now listen to what he says here. And your little ones look to it, for evil is before you. Let me tell you what he's saying here. He's actually saying, I'm going to let them old folks go. I'm going to let you go. But now I'm not going to let you carry your young ones not going to let you carry your children with you. And the reason being is because I know you, if you don't, you're going to carry them children with you, you're up to no good. 
you're starting to put an army together and you're starting a rebellion in children early to stand against Pharaoh in Egypt. So therefore, I want you to leave your young here. Because Pharaoh knew if we do not, if they did not reach, if they did not deliver the young, that he would still keep God's people in bondage. So where are you going, Brother Preacher? Here's where I'm going with it. Today, somewhere, uh, we've messed up in America that you, that somewhere along the line, that people think they're entitled to something and don't have to do anything to get it. Somewhere along the line, God's people said, I will not live in sin. Then they said, I will not live in the suburbs of sin. But then we get to our children and we say, well, you know what? Now, hold up. I don't want to have to tell Brother Gary no. So if it costs me every dime and all of my time, When things come up on Sunday, you know, we don't play ball very often, but hey, when we do, we're just going to have to play on Sunday. We're going to have to do certain things, you know, just to, to keep up with the Joneses in this world. You know, I've made the comment before, and I thought of this in my own life as I raised uh, my boys in high faith. You know, it's pretty harsh to look back and see where you failed on something. But you can't fix it. And we hear everybody say, well, you know what? This is going on and this is going on. And if nothing else is going on, we'll be in God's house anyway. Because I sure want my children to have more than I have. Well, did you make it? You made that do pretty good for yourself? Then why they got to have anything that you, more than you have? I don't, I don't understand that. And I see where I failed in so many aspects of raising uh, my children. And I'm going to tell you something that I long for, and as I've said a long time, when people say, well, you know what, we got this going on, and, and I think my child's going to be this if we keep them in this ball, or we keep doing it this, and we keep doing this. I believe my kid's going to be the next Babe Ruth if he keeps on going. Brother Joey, I'm longing for the day for somebody to come to me and say, you know what, they're doing this on Sundays, but I believe my son's going to take the place of evangelist Billy Graham and change a nation, and we will not forsake God's house. Whether he be poor, whether he be rich, whatever God has in store for him, so be it God, and I'll develop that in that child. By the time a child's three years old now, people's already got him graduating college and uh, practicing law. What if that's not God's intent for your child? Just because you want it, don't make it right, I promise you. You know what God wants us in our children? To every night, get in prayer with that child. Say, Lord, whatever your will be, so be it. We're satisfied. I, Lord, let me know what you would have me to do with this child in the way to bring them up, to train them in the ways of the Lord, that I would be able to foster something in them that they'll carry out your will the way they should. You see, what happened here was is that Pharaoh made a comment. He said, I'm going to let all of you go. I'm going to let all of you go except your little ones. 
help us believe in a little this time. We think, oh no, I'm not forsaking mine. Oh yeah, now you better look at what you're getting talked about. Moses, you know what Moses said in there? Man, that was a good plan. He was going to get the majority of them out of there. I mean, this was a good time to get a peace treaty going here. This was a good time to make this compromise. But you know what Moses said? Nope. That ain't happening. We will not leave one behind. They'll all go. We're all going to go. How many times I've heard as a loved one has passed away and someone say, Lord, I hope they were saved. My goodness. This morning, do you know anybody that's lost? I tell you, don't you wait another minute. When you leave here today, you go get them. Because they're not guaranteed this afternoon. Go get them. Go to them. Start asking God, Lord, I need you to lay upon my heart, my family members, uh, my people who are lost. Direct me towards them. Use me, Lord, to go to them that I will not compromise and I will not just say, well, let them go. No, they're all going to go. You know what my prayer is, of course, for my family. Uh, I believe outside being a heathen, I believe we would all say, my goal is, is that when Jesus Christ comes back, whether to be rapture me from, uh, pull me from the ground or rapture me up, catch me up in the air, that all my people go. My blood. But I'm going to tell you what else. My prayer be for Calvary Baptist Church, if Jesus Christ was to come back Saturday morning, that there won't be a car in the parking lot because we all left here. And I will not compromise with preaching the gospel and try to sugarcoat something for you that wages of sin is death and without Christ you will spend an eternity in Satan's hell as judgment that's what it is I'm not going to compromise on it and neither should you we'll leave none behind we'll all go we'll all leave here but then you go further and it gets to verse, uh, chapter 10 verse 24 look there with me now look at what he's going to do. Pharaoh's getting defeated every time. Moses is putting him down every time and, uh, under God's authority. Look what he says to in verse 24 of chapter 10. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and he said, Go ye serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds stay. Now listen to what he says. Let your little ones also go with you. See, now he's even saying, Satan said, Boy, I'm losing you. They're not going to leave me behind, but okay. I tell you what, do. I'm going to let your little head take your little ones. Let's just make this deal now. But your, your, uh, your flocks and your herds are going to have to stay. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it, to get out of Egyptian bondage? I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Really, you factor it all in. That's a pretty good deal Moses has got the opportunity to make that. But you know what? This ain't Moses' deal. This is God's authority. Moses said, no, that's not going to happen either. No, that's not what's going to happen here. Listen to what he says, verse 25. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. I love how he says this. 
there shall not be a hoof left behind. And therefore must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not what he must, uh, uh, we must serve the Lord until we come again. He said not one little old goat's going to stay behind. Not one little old sheep's going to stay behind. Not one cow will stay behind. Why? Man, that's a good deal. Moses would have had took that deal. You know why Moses said that? Moses realized that actually when he was saying, we're going to keep your herds, that he realized those herds were not actually the people of God's. Those were God's herds. They were just placed in their care. So what he said was, is you can't have this because I don't know what the Lord may require of me. If you and I will get to the place in our life and the vehicle you drove in here this morning, when we'll get to the place, say, you know what, that actually isn't mine. You know the house I got dressed in this morning actually isn't mine. The curling iron that you ladies curled your hair with is actually not yours if you want to look at it properly. It belongs to God. I don't know what service he'll have me use for that. It belongs to him. If we'll start as Americans and God's people start realizing that we own nothing in this world except by what God's given us. It all belongs to him. My paycheck? Praise God. All, he lets me keep 90% of it. Praise God. But it all belongs to him. Can you see what old Moses said? Not a hoof will be left at this place when we come back. Finally, God Moses, God's people, what happened? They won. But not only that, when they left, it said the Egyptians gave them their treasures just to get rid of them. They didn't leave there as slaves and paupers. They didn't leave there as beggars when they left. No, they took the gold and the silver and the jewels of Egypt with them because the Egyptians gave it to them to get out of there. spoken and I don't have to pretty simple God said what it'll be I'll just trust you with it well it'll cost you preacher yeah it's going to cost you but what is the overflow I will not come back I'm not going to just show up and play church no I'm him every day. I'm not going to live in that suburbs of sin out here and I'm going to ride that fence. No, I'm not going to get that either. I'm moving out of Egypt. I'm not going to leave my kids there though. I'm not going to leave my family over in that sin. I'm going to bring him with me too. And I don't own one thing that I won't use to glorify my God and everything it all belongs to him. I Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you that you're a God of victory. That you're a God of truth and of wisdom. Not one thing will take place during this week that will be put upon me any situation or any circumstance that you haven't already foreseen. But it'll depend on my relationship with you the way I carry it out. 
without you, I'll be defeated. Without your power and without your authority, I will compromise and fall. Lord, I pray that you would give me a clear vision of what you command of me. And Lord, that I would be so close to you. I pray that you would convict me so heavily that I just stay drawn to you. That I stay hooked right to your side. as you see fit. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask. Amen.